Thanks for tuning in today. You've reached Kevin with Bison Moon Group, Reach the Moon Podcast. I'm sitting here today with Heather from Golden Hour Health and Safety. Heather, can you tell me a little bit about your company? Well, um, Golden Hour Health and Safety is a health and safety company based out of Edmonton. And we specialize in group bookings uh, for things like babysitting, uh, first aid, so standard first aid, emergency first aid, as well as uh, your basic life support. So for the healthcare world, nurses, doctors, paramedics. So we teach the fundamentals of the CPR and first aid within Edmonton. Awesome. Who are you uh, when you wake up in the morning? What type of person are you? Uh, oh, that's a good question. I would say... Um, Depends on the day. I do have a, another full-time job as well, but I'm a person that's <laughs> quite determined and I really like to just get things done throughout the day. So I'm uh, kind of a go-getter type person. No, that mm-hmm. sounds good. Um, I always think it's funny. I sneak out of the bedroom, but when my wife leaves, she turns on all the lights and <laughs> makes sure <laughs> she opens every possible drawer she can. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm usually not home a whole lot, so my husband kind of gets the house to himself for for fifty percent of the year, and then I end up coming home and I do everything backwards from how he wants it done. But that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> what time do you typically get up in the morning? I usually get up at about six or seven o'clock in the morning. I like to get a good workout in before I start my day in any way, and then uh, about eight nine o'clock. That's when I have coffee because that runs in my veins pretty much. And then I start with the rest of the day. With your family, um, do they help you in your entrepreneurship? Um, Not overly, I would say. The only reason why is I'm, again, a very determined person. And they know that um, helping out in, in financial means or anything of that nature wouldn't be what I want as a goal. I'm type of person that wants to go and get those things on my own so they're very respectful in that case now if a course comes up or group booking comes up that they know uh, would fit well with my company or our company then they would absolutely send it our way but as far as any financial support or anything of that nature uh, we are very independent from that and what would you say is like a mission statement behind your company Uh, We are very highly interested in offering quality first aid and CPR programs uh, and adult education that's more wholesome. We're we're trying to stray away from the big box stores that you just go in, you get your course, and out you go. We really want to create a relationship with not only our students, but also the clients that we teach. And by doing so, we end up being able to offer our students a lot more time in class a lot more information in class and a lot more success, which is quite nice. Before you started this company, did you do anything else similar to it? Uh, yeah, I've actually been in the health and safety world pretty much my entire adult career uh, in some capacity. So whether it was teaching uh, health and safety courses or helping run health and safety course companies, uh, anything along those lines, I've been everywhere from uh, Red Deer to Edmonton, running different companies, uh, 
this is the second time I've owned my own my own company doing this. I had one quite a few years ago, and then I ended up getting a really great opportunity to work for another health and safety company here in Edmonton. And last year, I ended up quitting that position and going back to my full-time job that I missed dearly. And then this year, we reopened uh, the health and safety company, teaching first aid and, and that sort of thing on our own, which has been quite nice. So I've been in the industry for forever, it feels like. <laughs> but I really like it, so I don't see uh, leaving anytime soon. No, that's cool. That uh, It's actually a really neat thing to start and stop. And then when you go back into it, you almost understand it a bit more. Yeah, absolutely. You really get all of the perspectives from from owning it to running it to being in it. Uh, you really get to see the whole the whole picture, which is quite nice. Has there anyone that has stepped up uh, in the way of supporting you that you didn't quite expect? I would say for my partner and I, we really noticed that just actually the city of Edmonton has been fantastic. Because um, we just did open our doors again uh, this January, so we're relatively new this year. Uh, we have a long-term history in the city of Edmonton in other companies and other places. But honestly, the city of Edmonton has been fantastic to us. We've had all of our same clients. Uh, we've booked a lot of people that have worked with us or used us before. And I would say that has been the most amount of support is keeping it local. And the nice thing is a lot of a lot of customers are really looking for that smaller home-based business or smaller company that you know isn't that big box massive store, and they're really trying to help out the little guys and build that economy. So, I would say Edmonton would be our biggest supporter and the folks within it, which is absolutely fantastic. Okay, no, I I hear what you're saying, and it's true. Um, I'm not a big fan of the. I'm not a fan of the big box stores. I like to support the little <laughs> ones. Yeah, yeah. You're helping someone directly versus helping someone indirectly. Kind of keep the money in Canada idea. Absolutely. Did your company start off more like a firecracker, or was it a slow start? We were very, uh, very cautious about starting. I would say again, uh, the economy, as we all know, is still on the upswing from a pretty down economy from the previous years. We were also very careful and cautious not to step on anyone else's toes because my partner and I did come from other safety companies. So we were hyper vigilant, uh, diligent on making sure we're not stepping on anyone's toes on that. Uh, so that's quite something that's important to us. And so I would say a nice slow and steady start. We've been working on this project behind the scenes for over a year, I would say. And we decided that it would be a good idea. We could have started it earlier and opened our doors earlier, but we just felt that starting at January 1 of 2018 was going to start the year off the right way, uh, start off 2018 with sort of a bang, I guess you could say. Uh, so we had a slow uprise and then a nice big opening, which was quite, it was really great. That's awesome. Being somebody that's been in the industry for a while, would you say that there's any type of frustration that you've experienced, either a hard time opening the doors to the new business or in the past of starting and stopping? Just more or less an inside frustration? The health and safety industry is just frustrating. <laughs> um, I think I, I do a lot of instructor training and things of that nature as well. And 
I teach for uh, some other courses. Well, I would say that probably the most frustrating thing to me is that I don't think folks realize the importance of having first aid and CPR, as well as I don't think other industries or other people coming into the industry that want to start their own company, they, they look at it from the outside and see is it very lucrative. Uh, and it's not. It is a very hard industry uh, to get right. And it's a very hard industry to establish yourself in as a quality instructor and as a quality uh, provider of education. And it can be quite frustrating when we hear students come from other other agencies and they're frustrated with the quality or they're frustrated with the instructor or they're frustrated with whatever. And it's just it's very frustrating for us because we see that and we're like, oh, if you only came to us, we could have helped you with that. We've been in the industry for years. We know this industry inside out backwards, but it's a very uh, high turnover type industry where a lot of people will try it for a year, realize how hard it is, and then leave. But that does mean that a lot of clients that come to us are coming to us with frustration or they don't choose us because of they're scared of getting a bad experience. Uh, from other avenues that they've had bad experiences with. So they just tend to not take a course then entirely, which is not the right thing either. Kind of a question that I have, maybe not even a frustration or something, if you notice, do you find that the people that are into safety or become the safety officer are the same style of personality? Yeah, I would say so. There tend to be quite type A personalities which is a good thing. Uh, they tend to be individually driven. They don't need direction. Um, and they usually all start off with the same hope in mind, uh, that they just genuinely want to help people be healthier and safer in the industry. Um, what happens throughout their career, I can't speak to that, but generally people go into health and safety because they want to make a difference in someone's life because in their life, at some point, maybe someone has been injured or hurt at work and they want to try to be the difference uh, for future incidents, we'll say. Kind of de- diving into the business, what's like a big mm-hmm. startup cost that you didn't quite plan for? I was, you know what? We were very lucky. <laughs> we didn't end up actually having a, a huge startup cost because I had already previously owned my own safety company teaching these programs. So I ended up actually having. of the equipment already with me. So when we reopened this year, we didn't end up actually having a ton of startup costs in regards to buying equipment or anything of that nature, which is a fantastic. Uh, It meant that we could start being profitable almost immediately, uh, which is great. Uh, I would say the only cost that's always reoccurring would be the cost of uh, updating your equipment or books and supplies, because again, we we highly value the students' experience in our program. So when we go into a class, every student gets a barrier device, every student gets to practice with gloves when we're talking first aid, uh, every student gets their own mannequin to work with when it comes to CPR. So the long-term effect of that means that each class does cost us more money to run, but we don't tend to we don't pass that on to our students. We just eat that cost up within ourselves because our students' experience uh, and their price point is far more important to us 
than us making more money. Um, we're very much community minded. So if we can keep our costs as low as possible, it means that, you know, we might make less, but it also prevents us from having huge startup costs as well. What's your biggest item that is like a recurring cost or something that you hand out that the students might not know how much it actually costs? And then do you mind saying how much it costs? Yeah, um, it would really depend on which course it is. Uh, books are obviously the, the highest amount of cost. And that's reoccurring because we believe in every student getting uh, a book uh, that they could take home with. Um, we also have ebooks as well that it can be an electronic book that we can send out. So it just depends on the student. But those are run between 14 to $30 per student. Uh, so that's quite a huge cost. And then each student, we believe, should get uh, like a buried device to practice within class. Those are quite a small cost. They're about a dollar a piece, so they're not very expensive. Uh, and then the mannequins, those you, we reuse during every class. But one mannequin, as far as cost is concerned, is about $100 a mannequin. So if they break during class, you know, that's $100 out of, out of the business, so to speak. Uh, so they, those are quite expensive. But at least the mannequins, they don't tend to break very often. So that's just the cost of doing business, quite honestly. But the books would be the, the most uh, frequent cost and the highest amount of cost. And some students choose not to keep their books. And if they choose not to keep their book, we actually just refund that, that cost back to them so that they're not uh, out that money and we get to keep the book. So, No, that's really cool. Um, actually, I just want to touch on a word that you said was a barrier device. Um, I've taken a few CPR courses, and yeah. so I understand what that is, but can you just explain it? Um, that way, if a listener does not know what it is, now they know. Yeah, absolutely. So a barrier device in, in the first aid world is a, a mask or a sheet or a, like a pocket mask that will go over someone's face, their mouth and their nose. When you're about to do CPR, you put it on the patient's mouth and nose to protect you from any bloodborne or airborne pathogens that that patient might have. As when you're doing CPR, there's oftentimes uh, blood or vomit or, you know, damage to the face. So that protects the rescuer or the first aider from contracting any contaminants that that patient might have uh, to some level. And it depends on which one you have. There are simple ones that are like a just a piece of plastic with a with a filter on it all the way up to like a pocket mask where we train people on the bag valve mask, which is a big uh, bag that we can use for healthcare practitioners, our nursing uh, teams that we teach. Uh, so that's what that is. And it just protects our rescuers uh, from, from anything like that. Moving on to a little bit of a different topic. Where do you see the business in three to five or 10 years? Uh, well, at the three year mark, we hope to be teaching um, most of, again, we, we do mostly group courses. So we would like to see, you know, maybe one of us being able to leave our full-time jobs to be able to just facilitate education in these group courses. As both my partner and I, we do have full-time positions. Uh, my partner's is in full-time adult education and child education in the school system. And uh, my position is in healthcare. So we would like to see maybe one of us or both of us being able to leave those full-time spots to be able to work on and teach our business full-time. We're highly passionate about teaching. We really enjoy teaching all the time. So if we could do that consistently, that would be definitely a huge goal. In 10 years, 
well, I don't even know. Probably the same thing as three years, but maybe just bigger and better than we were the previous years, which would be fantastic. That's completely awesome. You did bring up uh, two or three good points I want to just touch on. Yeah. Is you said that this is for surely a side hustle for you guys, but what do you think is the biggest uh, asset your partner brought to the table that you couldn't have brought to the table? Oh, man. Can I list the ways? Holy smokes. My partner, she is so fantastic. She has brought so much. Uh, she So she has education and degrees in, in, in the education field, and that's something that I do not have. So she's able to bring to the company everything an adult educator or someone with a teaching degree would have learned. Uh, she also has a high amount of experience with teaching children, uh, adults, anyone that um, would need any type of education, she brings that to the table. And she's taught me so much about how to facilitate a course, how to talk to students, how to uh, maybe use a book as well as the whiteboard, as well as like the logistics of a classroom. And those are skills that you, you, you really can't learn on your own. You may be lucky enough to pick up a few of those things. But when we talk about first aid instructors or health and safety instructors, most of those folks don't have an education degree. And that's what she really brings to the table. So you're missing a whole piece of the pie. There are some fantastic educators out there in health and safety. Um, and that's fantastic. But you miss a piece of the pie. And she brings, well, 90% of the pie to the table, which is great. I have all the facts and I have all the experience. But experience without the teaching aspect makes for maybe not the best course. So with her, we kind of uh, sit and we talk about what's best for our students and we take the programs that we use because we use two main programs to facilitate our education and we are able to really make it the best as possible. And then we give each other feedback. So I give her feedback on the factual information of what happens in real life and she gives me so much feedback and great uh, perspective on maybe how to teach during the class and how to approach students one way or another. Um, so that's just such a great partnership. And I would not have been able to do it without her. Uh, she also has a ton of connections and a ton of people that she's worked with in the past that she just gets along so well with. And those personal relationships when it comes to business are so very important for success of a smaller company. And she's so personable when it comes to that. So we can build long, long-term relationships with these companies where we can teach for them for years and years and years because she's such a great person to be around. I appreciate you diving into that one uh, with the honesty. That's the advantage of her not being here is we can talk about her. I know. <laughs> I can talk about her freely and I don't have to feel bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> So kind of don't tell her I said that. <laughs> <laughs> kind of leaning on that aspect of things. My next question then, if you were a sole entrepreneur, how long do you think it would have got to the point where you brought in the partner? Um, honestly, if I was a sole proprietor at first, when I, quite a few years ago, and if I was talking to my person myself, you know, eight ten years ago, I probably would have said never. I'll do it all on my own. Um. If I'm talking about myself now, I probably wouldn't have started the endeavor on my own. I really would have looked for a partner that could be that other half because I have a lot of experience and I know the industry extremely well. 
but every person is always missing a little piece of whatever they need. So I would have probably not have actually started it full force on my own without seeking some form of a partnership with someone else that can offer that other half that I just don't have. That's just good business. Um, Oftentimes that other person is also doing the same thing and they're missing what I have to offer. And if you can partner up with that person, you can just be a better team and offer your students and your clientele base way more opportunity to be successful. So I probably wouldn't have actually started on my own full force without having a partner that I, I really connected with. That's completely a perfect answer. Um, thank you for diving into that one. A question that I always do ask is, how can I help you reach the moon? Ooh, well, it's um, a really great question. As we just started in January, we feel we're always we're already so blessed with our community as we as we go through this, and we've already got tons of contracts and people that we're working with. Um, we're always obviously looking for more contracts or more group bookings and getting out there as much as we can. So I think it comes down to really just getting our name out there and saying we are here. Uh, we're small, we're, but we're very individualistic when it comes to training. Uh, we never want to be, we never want to grow to be the big box store. We always want to be that personable company um, that we can go with. We're not here to make billions of dollars. We're here to make our ends meet, so to speak, and, and be able to survive and, and live throughout the year and hopefully just off of our company, which would be fantastic. So really it comes down to just getting our name out there, being more of a household name, which would be great. Uh, getting more connections would definitely be the best way, I think, for us right now. A question, uh, mm. expanding on that question a little more, is being a new business, is there anything more that somebody else could offer you to help expand your startup? Do you need help around the office, building like a different structure or... Mm-hmm. new business cards or maybe a cheaper way to print them that type of idea yeah yeah um i don't know about that um i think when it comes to i think advertisement is always one of those tricky fickle friends where there's really low cost ways to do it and really high cost ways to do it which you know every business owner just like yourself we we always know that but some of them are more uh, lucrative than others um, we're always looking for maybe not help with advertising or help with the business or the building, but more just um, maybe giving you a shot and trying it us out and uh, letting us come in and teach your staff or teach uh, your students if it's a high school or an elementary school or what have you, uh, teaching your hospital staff, whatever it might be. I think that's definitely the best because word of mouth is far more important to us uh, than spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on the advertisements or going to trade shows or anything of that nature. We really want to just be given the chance to teach uh, for a company or teach for a group of people. We also do church groups and things like that. So anything that we could get ourselves in there and just give you the experience that you're wanting, I think that that's probably the best way to help out a new small business, especially within Edmonton. Have you ever made a pitch in the last little while that did go well or didn't go well maybe in the last month or two um i would say all of our sales pitches go really well 
Um, I haven't had anyone say no to us yet, which is great. Um, what we have to offer, the, the kind of the silver lining with what we have to offer is uh, occupational health and safety. Uh, states that it's kind of mandatory to have first aid in a lot of industries. Um, so we kind of get a leg up in the industry on that one because the government says that, you know, if you're an oil and gas industry or a school or whatever, you have to have so many people that know first aid and CPR within your establishment. So they, everyone needs us. Um, so that makes our sales pitch very easy. Uh, we are able to leverage our sales pitch to the customer's advantage because we are small time. We are flexible with hours, um, and we can do a lot of things that maybe a lot of the bigger places can't do. Uh, so it gives the customer a lot of flexibility with booking. Um, so our sales pitches tend to go extremely well, which is which is great. We haven't had a negative one yet, so we'll we'll hopefully hold our cross our fingers that that day never comes, but we know it will eventually. But. Okay, no, that's great. Is there any company that you got a lot of support from um, at the beginning or now uh, that you didn't expect or that you're glad they are supporting you as much as they are? Uh, yeah, actually, we were very surprised that um, uh, there's a lot of uh, gyms and uh, yoga studios or things of that nature that have really embraced us. And we've taught quite a few of them now. And They've just been welcome with open arms. Both my partner and I do yoga and go to the gym and we both work out quite frequently. Uh, so it's really nice to be able to see our our own yogis and our personal trainers and be able to offer them something in return. Because they're always teaching us and helping us out. And it was really quite nice to go in and do the opposite for them. So we were able to go in and teach CPR and first aid. And it was an unexpected uh, avenue of business that we weren't um, really thinking of quite honestly and they just kind of approached us and it's been so fantastic and it's such a great group of people and they're very they're obviously in those industries to help people so it's just one more way that those personal trainers or yogis or what have you can help their clients just one more way so that was very unexpected but very welcomed question that i have is how's your pricing was it a hard choice? Did it come up with the price that you guys set or have you tried to go up and down? Uh, we have not gone up and down. Uh, we, it was very easy to decide on our pricing. Again, uh, my partner and I, we know the industry extremely well. So to price it out was really quite an easy decision. We are quite a bit lower than a lot of our competitors, but we also know the cost of doing this business and we know what our overhead is. And like I said, our overhead is we try to keep as low as possible. We want to be able to pass on whatever savings that we can make. And if we can run as, as low cost as possible, that means our customers also get those pricing. So we tend to be lower than our competitors. We also do offer um, the chance for any student that does not want to keep their book. We, we refund that money to them as well as uh, a lot of people have taken first aid every year since the dawn of time. So they've got 12 books at home. They don't need another one. So we just pass that savings on as well. And we can keep that book for another class or we can donate it, which we do quite frequently. Uh, we do community groups as well uh, for really low cost and we can donate the, the books to them so they don't have to pay that price. So there's a lot of things that we do to keep our price low, but we, we very much picked our price. We almost knew immediately what our pricing would have been for all of our courses immediately. 
Uh, we didn't really have to spend a lot of time discussing it, which is great. Being a safety trainer, have you ever done any of your own material for safety training? Uh, yeah. Um, the last company I was working with uh, gave me an, a couple great opportunities, actually. Um, the first opportunity was to uh, help write a CPR book. So I got the opportunity to write and help them publish that. And students use it now. And so that's great. Uh, the second one was we made a group of training videos for instructors. So it's for instructors to watch and to learn so that they can do uh, in-house learning or on-the-job learning as they go. So I had to, yeah, stand in front of a camera and, like, show people how to do CPR, wound care, splinting and slinging. So it was a little nerve-wracking, but uh, it was a really great experience that I had never done before. So there's that. And then... I end up doing quite a few edits on um, the new guidelines for first aid because the new guidelines came out last year. And then I helped work on a babysitting first aid book. So a, a couple projects at the last company, which was really great opportunity. Well, that's really cool. Um, thanks for expanding into that one. Yeah. It, it's good to see an entrepreneur that is so passionate about what they do that they go above and beyond their industry and help out the entire industry. Yeah, and I just think that that's so important. There's a lot of folks that don't have the background that maybe I have in regards to the health side of things, because I work in healthcare. So if we all don't jump in and, and give our experiences and give our expertise within it, um, there's just going to be a big gap. So it's nice that we're all coming together to do that. Okay. What is the best way for somebody to get a hold of you? Uh, you can visit our website. Uh, so it's just goldenhourhealthandsafety.com. Uh, you'll see on there any upcoming public courses and private courses. Uh, there's also an email box within that that you can contact us if you'd like to book a group course. If you want our direct email, it's just goldenhourhealth at yahoo.com. So you can email us there. And we always get back with, within the day to you. So it's always very, very quick. Uh, we have tons of openings. Uh, my schedule leads, my full-time job leads me to have, I work four days on and four days off. So I always have lots of time during the month that we can schedule courses in. And we do during the day and evenings and things like that. So yeah, that'd probably be the best way is, is email. Uh, you can also visit our Facebook page, which is Golden Hour Health, and our Instagram, which is also Golden Hour Health. That's great. And you were very good at sending back emails. Uh, that's how you and I corresponded for this podcast. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, it was great. Absolutely. You have to be <laughs> in this day and age. It's true. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for tuning in today uh, with Bison Moon Group, Reach the Moon Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us or check us out on iTunes and please leave a comment. Thank you and have a good day. I'm so spot on